Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Can listen to Funky Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Cast Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, MMAFutures.com, LoveMMA.com, MMARecords.com, and FightBookMMA.com. Funky Monkey Radio is sponsored by Altercation Clothing. If you never back down, then you're ready for an altercation. For the freshest news and notes on all things MMA, get over to FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. Interested in sponsoring the show? Then send an email to funkymonkeymma at gmail.com. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. MMA fans, are you looking for something to set you apart? Then check out altercationclothing.com. Altercation Clothing is a brand with attitude, offering fans and fighters alike a variety of specialty shirts. If you won't back down, then you're ready for an altercation. Altercation Clothing can be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash altercationclothing. Altercation Clothing is a proud sponsor of Funky Monkey MMA Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. Welcome back to another edition of Funky Monkey MMA. I'm Kane Miller, and I am joined by the head of our site, Rob Mead. Our guest today is a middleweight fighter who will be competing at Prestige FC2 on March 12th. Please help me welcome Keith Smetana. Keith, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on the show. All right, well, uh, taking a look at your record, uh, the main thing that sticks out is that none of your fights ever, have ever gone the distance. Is there anything that you can specifically attribute this to? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say that uh, I don't take a long time you know, for a feel-out process. Uh, usually I'm ready to uh, get in there and fight. So uh, you know, when they say go, I usually just you know, get in the face and uh, try to mix it up. And uh, see what happens. <laughs> now, now, how was it that you originally got involved in the sport of mixed martial arts? Uh, just as a kid, you know, uh, watched the first UFC when I was nine years old and always wanted to do it. Uh, I was uh, lived out in California at the time, and it was illegal in California uh, and wasn't legislated, so there wasn't really no outlet to fight. Uh, but... Uh, Fast forward, you know, a good eight, nine years, I was uh, living in Indiana, and I uh, was on uh, online just, you know, wasting time, and all of a sudden I typed in uh, no-holds-barred matches, because at the time it was still called no-holds-barred, MMA wasn't officially coined yet, and it brought up this one website, it was called the Danger Zone Fight Club or something, and it was run by Dan Severn out of uh, Michigan. And uh, there's a little tab that said fighter application, so I filled it out. Uh, a couple weeks later, they gave me a call and said, do I want to fight? And I said, sure. <laughs> didn't really have any training. Uh, just uh, had some boxing, did some boxing when I was younger. Uh, but that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, going into 
the sport with very little experience, was that kind of like uh, an intimidating factor or were you just kind of excited to hit the ground running? I was just excited to fight. I just, you know, it was something that I always wanted to do. Uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I mean, I was scared, but I was also just super excited. Like, hey, I get to fight for the first time. I mean, yeah, like any other kid, you've been in some fist fights in high school and stuff like that. But to get in the, you know, get in the, in the ring, because it wasn't even in a cage. It was in a, a ring in a, in a bingo hall that when you stood in the ring and you put your hand up, you actually touched the, the ceiling. <laughs> But yeah, it was just yeah. it was just fun. Okay, cool. Now your opponent, uh, Devin Smith, is also a finisher. None of his professional fights have ever gone to a decision either. With that in mind, is it safe to say that we'll see a stoppage one way or or another for this fight? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely don't see uh, this fight. Uh, I don't even see it really making it out of the first round. Uh, I think we're both gonna just try to hit the ground running and hit each other as hard as we can right off the bat and. You know, I think uh, I think it's going to be an exciting, a, a very exciting one-round fight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also taking a look at his record, he seems to have a pretty nasty guillotine, at least from what we've seen. Um, are you going to be especially cautious of that submission if the fight goes to the ground? Uh, I mean, you always got to be wary of that uh, that particular submission, but I don't want to say that the guys that he fought weren't really high level because uh, I watched some of the fights and I watched some of the highlights and you know it just didn't seem like they were you know the most capable grapplers or wrestlers uh, you know so that's something that uh, you know I don't think that I'm going to make that mistake uh, I've been doing jujitsu now for uh, 11 years so I believe that I shouldn't make that mistake in the fight to where he's going to even have that opportunity. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, you, you brought this up a bit, but uh, with so many professional fights under your belt, um, you have much more experience than your opponent. Do you think that this will give you a big advantage in your matchup then? Yes. Oh, I I definitely believe. I mean, I've had a lot of fights. Um, I mean, yeah, you still get nervous, you still get jittery, but... You know, that's I'm going to be a lot more calmer for sure going into that fight. Um, and then obviously, yeah, being with the experience that I have in my fights and in my training, I'm just going to be a lot more, I feel a lot more confident, which is going to give me a huge advantage. <clears throat> and uh, leading into this fight, are you doing any uh, mental preparations leading up to this, visualization or anything along those lines? Uh, you, I mean, you try to do that. I try to do that just a little bit. I mean, you just try to you know, uh, sometimes laying in bed at night or at other times of the day, you just kind of try to picture how the fight would go out or things that you think that he's going to try to do. So, yeah, I do that a little bit, but I wouldn't say I'd spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, I spend more time just working on stuff that I'm going to do. You know, I'm not trying to worry about what he's going to do. So I'm just trying to get myself in the best shape that I possibly can. Yeah, of course. And um, according to your SureDog profile, Profile, you train out of Chicago, correct? No. <laughs> no, the, okay. yeah, as of right now, uh, I currently live in West Virginia. And, uh, our, yeah, in uh, Parkersburg, West Virginia. That's where I'm, I'm living and that's where I'm training. I'm training out of uh, Jason Cable, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
We are an affiliate school of Mike Pat, a former UFC fighter, and we're under uh, Ray Ray Diago, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Probably butchered his name, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So that's where I'm training at now. Uh, Yeah, the Sherdunk is. Yeah, they haven't updated that that stuff since probably 2007. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's it's changed a bit since then. But um, yeah. yeah so w- with where you're training now, is there any added pressure knowing that you'll be fighting in your opponent's home country of Canada? No. Uh, I most of my fights throughout my career have been, I've been the traveler, the guy that they've brought in. Uh, so I, it's a role that I'm not unaccustomed to. Uh, it's kind of. I would say the, I don't know, what I'm used to. I mean, like I said, every fight I'm always brought into some guy's hometown. I don't think I've ever fought in my hometown ever. So there's no added pressure on me. The pressure's on him because he's in front of his home crowd. You know, no one wants to get beat up in front of their friends and family. So I'm just, I'm excited that I get to go, you know, to Canada. I've never been I never figured I would go, never really had a reason, but, uh, so yeah, to me, it's just fun. It's a trip, get to go somewhere, get to beat somebody up. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, now outside of the cage, is there anything, you know, do you have any hobbies or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. Uh, hang out with my wife, hang out with my son, but, uh, other than that, I'm training, uh, you know, I, obviously I do jujitsu. Uh, if not, I'm, I'm teaching jujitsu at the gym. So, I mean, that's pretty much just all that I do is just hang out with my wife and my kid and, and spend time training or teaching. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I need to ask you about your nickname, Keith, the banana Smetana. I know you probably have to explain it to people all the time, but could you give us the rundown of kind of how you landed this name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny when people hear that name, they immediately think of something, you know, sexually related. And I just laugh. Oh, man. And, you know, that's, just, <laughs> that's just what most people think. Like, any, you ask anybody or even any women, they're, they kind of give you like a head tilt, you know, eyebrow raise, and I just start laughing. But uh, basically it started way, way, way back when I was an amateur. And uh, people have a hard time pronouncing my last name, uh, Smetana. They see it on paper, and they've butchered it ever since I was a little kid in Little League, high school, whatever. So my girlfriend at the time decided that she was like, hey, why don't you write down banana because it kind of rhymes with it. You know, that way they can look at it and go, hey, banana Smetana. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. But I was, she talked me into it, so I wrote it down, and they announced me for the fight, or they were, you know, they were announcing my name, and the announcer didn't say it. He just said, you know, here comes Keith Matana, and I walked to the cage, and uh, after the fight, after I won that fight, I talked to the announcer, and I said, hey, uh, did you not see the nickname wrote down? And he was just like, I thought it was a joke, you know, he's like, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, well... The next time I fight here, I was like, just just say it. And he was like, okay. So, you know, a month later or whatever, I was fighting on the same show. And uh, he announced, you know, here comes Keith the Banana. And the crowd just just 
erupted in laughter. I started laughing, like, hysterically, almost to the point where I was crying. And it just lightened the mood. It, it made me laugh. And then I went in the cage, and I won that fight. And then the reaction of people then after I won, they're screaming at the top of their lungs, oh, the banana. I was like, this is this is a keeper. Because no matter where I go, they always laugh. They always laugh. Everyone laughs. But then afterwards, everyone's super happy. Even if I lose, people are always just like, oh, yeah, banana. So to, to, to turn a crowd either way, win or lose, is definitely a highlight of, uh, of, uh, of fighting. So that's pretty much how it ended up. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, you got when – it, when it comes to, like, fighter nicknames, I mean, you got a million guys nicknamed – you know, Pitbull, you got a million guys nicknamed Diesel. There's only one Banana Smetana, though. So, I mean, I got to give you props <laughs> for that. A, a, exactly, yes. Uh, it's very memorable. Um, I've, uh, different times in my career, I was, uh, one of my fights was featured on Inside MMA, and uh, Boss Rutten was like, this this nickname is absolutely hilarious. And he's like, and I love it. You know, and he, you know, said my name, and I was like, that's pretty cool to hear. You know, somebody like that that I always looked up to growing up, uh, you know, as a young kid, uh, to see, to hear your name and say, you know, hey, that's, you know, good props to you for having, you know, such a nickname. But, yeah, it, it's memorable. People remember it. It's funny to hear people say it. I still laugh hearing it announced. I mean, and then um, in my everyday life, the people that I train with will be out in the store or somewhere, and I'll hear somebody yell across the room, hey, banana, and I'm like, and of course, everybody in the stores looking, and I'm like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" You know, so yeah, it's it's just fun. Now, uh, if you could have a dream fight with anybody, you know, whether it be another mixed martial artist or just anyone, who would that person be, and why? Oh, ah, <laughs> uh, that's. I mean, there. I would love to fight like everybody. I mean, I have so many. I mean, so many people. Uh, but if I have to narrow it down, I mean. Just because he's one of my favorite fighters of all time would be, I'd love to fight BJ Penn. Uh, he's one of the fighters that uh, I feel like uh, is like a real fighter. Maybe, you know, obviously later in his career now, he's not as talented, but he's one of the first fighters that jumped around. You know, he went and fought and won the welterweight title. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's over fighting, you know, Machida at 205, and you know what I mean? So he has jumped up and down and has made fighting a personal, like, challenge to himself. Because a lot of fighters nowadays, they they hide. I believe they hide in their weight classes. Like, oh, I don't want to fight that guy because, oh, he's 10 pounds heavier than me, or he's, you know, this or that. And So uh, I've kind of modeled my fight career similar to that. I, I fought as low as 165 to heavyweight, you know, and I fought, and that's why I have losses. So people look at a record and they're like, oh, well, you have, you have six losses. It's like, well, those are in three different weight classes that I have losses in, you know, it's not all in one weight class. So yes, I would love to fight BJ Penn. Uh, yeah, that would be, I would probably say 170 would be the lowest I could possibly make. <laughs> ever for that fight but but uh but i mean knowing him he'd be like hey let's fight a 185 i'd be like sure but yeah either him 
And then the same thing with Nick Diaz. Same, you know, same kind of guy. He's gone up and down, and he fight if he fights anybody he can, if in a, in any weight. So, you know, either one of them guys would definitely be would be a fun fight. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. You talked about BJ Penn and Nick Diaz and those guys. Were there any kind of uh, role models or uh, inspirations or anything like that that got you interested in the sport and made you want to start training on your own as well? Uh, I mean, just, I mean, obviously when I, when I watched the very first UFC, you know, and obviously you saw, you know, Hoist and, and Ken Shamrock and, uh, you know, Dan Severn and, and all them guys. I mean, those are the guys that pioneered the sport. I mean, those, those are the guys that got everybody interested. So, I mean, you got to give it up to them. So those were the main guys that started it, you know, and then they got my interest into it. So, I mean, I'd have to give it to them. Uh, as far as you bring in the interest, but I mean, as like a pure, like inspirational role model, I wouldn't say that there was anyone, anyone in particular. I just, I always wanted to be a fighter. I remember being a little kid and, you know, watching Rocky movies and Van Damme movies and always being like, I'm going to be a fighter and everyone being like, no, you're not. (laughs) And then, you know, so it was always, I think it's just something that certain people just you have it in you from the time you're born. You're just, you want to fight. You know, some people want to play football. Other ones want to be doctors or whatever. You just have a certain thing in your brain that says, I want to be a fighter. Taking, taking us back to those first days, uh, you know, was your uh, family and friends, were they supportive of you getting into, you know, like you said, mixed martial arts wasn't a term at the time. You know, it wasn't really known as a sport. Were they supportive of you uh, stepping into the cage? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily supportive. They were, most everybody was telling me that I was just going to get my head smashed in. <laughs> I mean, my friends thought it was cool because, you know, I was getting in the cage and fighting, you know, but I wouldn't say any, overall, I was, it wasn't really supported or thought of very highly. Um, but then as I started winning more and being successful and they started to see, the change in the person who I was and the dedication and all the things that come with it, I think that kind of helped turn the tide. And then they started to, you know, get all, get on board and be like, okay, this is a good thing for him. He's, you know, doing a lot of things right to make this particular thing happen. So yeah, I would say early on, no, but as it's progressed, yes. I would just like to know, uh, can we kind of get your official prediction as to how you think your fight is going to end? You said it was going to be a first-round stoppage, but is there any like certain way that you think it's going to end? Or overall, how do you see how do you see yourself getting your hand raised? Uh, it's going to be a first-round submission. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what he's going to give me, but I know that I'm going to put the pressure on him. Uh, I'm going to get a takedown, and that's where I believe that I am at a much higher level than he is, and he's going to make a mistake. And he's going to give me something, and I'm going to take it home with me. So that's pretty much how I feel it's going to happen. Okay, sounds good. You know, 10 minutes before the fight, what's going through your head in that moment when you hear the crowd out there roaring and, you know, you're backstage, you're ready to go? It's a a multitude of things. Um, Certain shows that I've been at where I fought really, really late in the card, I'm like, man, I just want to go home and go sleep. But, you know, you're here, you got to get it done. You know, at other times I'm like, yeah, you know, you're you're pumped up. You're ready to go. So I mean, it, it's kind of it's just it's a it's it's unpredictable. I mean, you know, there's just a multitude of things. You you try to get in a certain mindset each time to try to get yourself ready. But yeah, there's some times where you're just like, man, I don't even want to do this right now. I'm 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 tired. 
but, you know, you, then they're like, all right, it's your turn to walk to the cage. So, you know, you get up and you – but then once you start walking to the cage, it just – everything just goes away. For me, it just kind of goes, I don't know, silent or blank. It just doesn't matter. Just walk to the cage, and then once you're in there and you hear that, that sound, I don't know how to describe it, but it's that certain sound when they close the door and that little pin on the door closes, it's like – all right, let's go. <laughs> awesome, yeah. And um, lastly here, if you have any um, shout-outs to sponsors or any thank yous or anything like that, then you can feel free to do so here. All right, uh, yeah. First and foremost, definitely just want to thank my wife, Sarah, and my son, Corbin. Uh, I love them, and without them, I wouldn't be doing this for as long as I have been and where I'm at today. Uh, I want to thank my team. Jason Cable, BJJ, our very young MMA team, Avengers MMA, uh, sponsors. I want to thank Jocko, Damage Control Mouth Guard. You know, they keep my teeth from falling out. Uh, altercation uh, Clothing, Propaganda Clothing has been a huge sponsor for my shirts. Uh, that's that's pretty much it about that. <laughs> and you can see Keith, the banana, Smetana, square off against Devin Smith on March 12th at Prestige FC2. Keith, thank you very much for being here, and best of luck to you and you your fight. All right, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And that was Keith Smetana. Guys, thank you very much, as always, for listening to us. I want to thank my co-host, Rob Mead. Rob, where can people find you? If you want to follow me, you can uh, check me out on Twitter, at Rob Mead MMA, or you can follow me on uh, you know, uh, Facebook, just look up Rob Mead. You'll find me on there. Uh, also, follow us on Instagram, at FunkyMonkeyMMA. And uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, also, check out our page on there. And check out our official website over at FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. Of course. And then, uh, like Rob said, make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at FunkyMonkeyMMA. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Kane E. Miller. And keep following the site for the latest interviews and analysis pieces. We'll see you next time. MMA requires bone-grinding, hardcore training. You train hard to win. Kimuras and arm bars are taking a toll on your body, so remember to take care of your joints. Get Joint Balance Formula today, the joint supplement from mixed martial artists. Joint Balance Formula contains glucosamine, chondroitin, MSN, green lipsy muscle, sharp cartilage, and a natural herbal pain reliever. Experience quick recovery from sore joints, train harder, heal faster, and feel awesome. Joint pain does not have to stand a chance. To order, call toll-free today at 844-254-8461. That toll-free number is 844-254-8461. Order your supply of Joint Balance Formula today. MMA Futures and Funky Monkey Radio partner together to bring you the latest fighter interviews and MMA news. Check out MMAFutures.com. You can listen to Funky Monkey MMA Radio on iTunes, Stitzer Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Cash Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, MMAFutures.com, LoveMMA.com, MMARecords.com, and FightBookMMA.com. Funky Monkey Radio is sponsored by Altercation Clothing. If you never back down, then you're ready for an altercation. For the freshest news and notes on all things MMA, get over to FunkyMonkeyMMA.com. Interested in sponsoring the show? Then send an email to funkymonkeymma at gmail.com.
You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA. MMA fans, are you looking for something to set you apart? Then check out AltercationClothing.com. Altercation Clothing is a brand with attitude, offering fans and fighters alike a variety of specialty shirts. If you won't back down, then you're ready for an altercation. Altercation Clothing can be found on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Altercation Clothing. Altercation Clothing is a proud sponsor of Funky Monkey MMA Radio. You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA.